Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, and welcome to the Steam Cleaners podcast. Uh, I am excited to talk about two completely different games from the games that we have talked about in all of the weeks prior to this. And, of course, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Walter C. 80s Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, the, as we are recording, we have, uh, we've just had the first day of NFL free agency. Uh, my beloved Buffalo Bills have signed uh, defensive end Von Miller to a six year, $120 million contract. Uh, after earlier today, a running back that we had agreed to a deal uh, from Washington decided, nah, you know what? I'd rather have Carson Wentz as my quarterback instead of Josh Allen. I will never live to regret these words. I promise you, Carson Wentz will be an MVP next year. No, wait, why are you laughing at me? That's not that's not funny. That's true. I believe it. No, but in, in all seriously, uh, it's been a it's been a bit of a fun day to uh, consume media on Twitter, uh, and has been a nice little reprieve uh, from social media, ignoring uh, you know kind of what's going on in Ukraine, uh, if only for a couple of hours. Very fair. I I cannot say um, that sports Twitter isn't a nice break from that, though I can say that sports Twitter has been an awful experience as a Falcons fan for the last 48 hours. We went from a team that had no present and limited future, uh, but at least we were the good guys in a lot of stories, to potentially bringing on the guy with 22 credible cases of sexual assault charges. Um, really, I swear to if we bankrupt our entire draft to get that guy, I may be done with football. Uh, but hopefully we're going to be talking about something completely different from football, right? I, I get an escape from uh, that side of things during this dark period in my Falcons fanhood. Uh, no, Chase, because I'm going to talk about Madden 22 because that's what I've been playing for the last two weeks. Ah, that is unfortunate for me, but fortunate for you, hopefully? How's that been treating you? Well, see, what the really unfortunate thing is, is uh, I got drafted by the Jets. <gasps> oh, no. So, yeah. But before we get to that, let's start at the beginning before we find out how I ended up there. Uh, no, so as we were preparing for uh, the, the games to play, because it's actually been a couple of weeks since we've recorded the last last few episodes that then got edited and, and published. Surprise, we batch record these and I added a couple of them one day and then have like a two week break from editing and uh, recording. It's it's kind of nice. It's a good what? workflow. What? No You way. mean we're not recording these at the time in which we release them simultaneously? Weird. No, the, the days of us recording twice a week, every single week are far, far, far in the past. Um, How but... did we do it? <laughs> We were much younger men then, Chase. <laughs> That's true. We were much younger <laughs> But <laughs> I had been sitting here trying to figure out what I wanted to play. And I know back in episode five, I hinted at maybe that I had a specific game in mind. And I just kept pushing that game off. Um, just, I, I don't know why I just keep pushing it off because I feel like I don't have enough time to really sit down with it. And I'm sort of afraid what my final opinion will be on that game, because sometimes I don't like things that a lot of other people like. Hello, Dune. But I had the urge to play a sports game of some kind. 
And I don't own a console uh, anymore. My PS4 is purely a DVD player at this point. And uh, my most played game on Steam is NBA 2K17. And I do have NBA 2K22, but I I wasn't feeling that. So then I was like looking through everything else and being like, okay, I want a sports game. What do I have? Um, So I tried playing Football Manager. And like, that was fun. I was like, oh, this is like spreadsheets. Like, oh, it's kind of interesting. Oh, I don't really get to actually like play the game at all. It's kind of simmy. Like, all right, this is kind of interesting. I kind of dig it. And then FIFA was on sale a couple weeks ago on Steam. And I was like, I'll pick up FIFA for 20 bucks. I like FIFA. So I was playing a little bit of FIFA, you know, 20, you know, 22. And ultimately I thought I was going to talk about those two games for this episode. Um, but then being a Twitch Prime uh, member, because I have Amazon Prime, the little crown up in the upper corner, you know, two weeks ago, flooded with notifications of, you know, oh, it's the beginning of the month. Here's your, your rash of nine games and your your League of Legends uh, crate and your uh, Wild Rift crate and your Valorant crate, all that stuff all bundled up at once. And Madden 22 was sitting there for free. And I went, you know, I haven't, I haven't played a Madden game in a long time. And I know it's on the computer, and I know the EA Sports games, the ports for them are pretty, they're pretty bad. Um, they're not, like, terrible, they're not unplayable, but they're just not, they're not as good as the console version. And I said, well, free is free. I mean, if it's bad, I just uninstall it and, you know, whatever. Um, so I decided, hey, I'm going to play, I'm going to play Madden 22. And, you know, I played an exhibition game as the Bills, picked the Jets, beat up on the Jets. Uh, but it was like, it was a close game. It was like 52-45. And I'm like, huh, okay, hey, I haven't played a Madden game in a while. I'll figure it out. And I played another one against Miami. And then I played another one. I like just couldn't figure out how to play defense on it. And I was about to be like, all right, I'm done with this. Like, this isn't fun. The defense sucks. Like, yeah, whatever. And then I was like, well, but my favorite thing to do in Madden and 2K, NBA 2K, is to do the, like, superstar mode, to, to create myself and, and put them in the game. And I was like, all right, let's see how this face of the franchise mode works out. And, um, it's okay. It's not great. Um, I mean, hey, if you want to create yourself as an NFL player and get drafted and play in the NFL... It does that. Uh, you get to play an 18-game season. You know, you get to play the whole season. You get to play the playoffs. You get to do all that jazz. Um, but yeah, I got drafted by the Jets. As a Bills fan, um, that is a bit sacrilegious. That is a bit rough. Um, but being a rookie, you really don't have much say in anything. Uh, so as the second pick in the NFL draft, I then went uh, I went 10-7, in the in this regular season made the playoffs as the the three seed and won the super bowl and almost won the mvp award as quarterback for the new york jets god that's got to be a very bittersweet feeling as a bills fan like you get to see yourself as a champion a thing that i mean any sports fan would want to aim towards but you have to see the jets and their fans happy which just feels sacrilegious even to me just from the fact that my mom is a giants fan um <laughs> it's got to be a, a mixed blessing if you will 
it's it's definitely bittersweet because it has felt like I remember back in the day, like what Madden twelve or Madden thirteen back, you know, when I actually you know had an Xbox and, and really played pretty religiously. I would say when I owned a console and, and I was in like high school, sports games were I played those the most. Like every single year, I'd want the new the newest Madden. I want the newest NBA you know game um, across the board. I even like played the baseball games. Like I loved them. Um, that was really my like mainstay because my, my parents didn't buy us M-rated games. So a lot of the like the Halos, the Call of Duties, I'd have to play at my friends' houses. Um, and like I did the, the thing that I did back when I was like 13 years old. I made a freaking seven foot, 275 pound quarterback that can run, that can throw the football a mile and like gave myself a black visor and said, let's fucking go. <laughs> like... It was nice. It was it was nostalgic. It was comfortable, but it felt stale. Like it's like eating chalk. It's like eating Chips Ahoy cookies nowadays. Um, there it's a Chips Ahoy cookie. It's a chocolate chip cookie. It's crunchy. You know, it, it's a it's a chocolate chip cookie, but it doesn't quite taste like they did when you were a kid. And it's definitely because they added more brown sugar to it. In this case, they added all of this. They added all this sponsorship garbage. Like you, you pre-draft. You do all this stuff at like the Nike facility, and then like back in the old days, you would have, and even like uh, FIFA has it, where you have all the like training mini, you know, mini games and all that that kind of stuff. Like that, almost none of that exists in this anymore. You do like a couple of little things. Um, there's no like combine where you have to like press the L and right button at the same at the right time to like do the 40 yard dash or there's no bench press there's no leap there's none of that um and it's just it's very it's a terribly written story like whoever wrote the narrative for this like I almost could have done away with it like just just let me create the character randomly generated stats like give me an option of like where i want them to be drafted if i want them to be a starter cool i want them to be drafted in the first 20 picks oh i don't mind if i'm a backup i want to be drafted you know in the first round second round like give me some kind of option like that but then do away with all of this like garbage all of this like the cutscenes were terrible uh, again that could just be the port but like the video of it was just it, it, like choppy the the uh, dialogue wasn't synced to the action. It was, it was like a rough experience in all like the window dressing stuff, all the outside stuff. Um, and then it wasn't really challenging. It wasn't difficult. And it's like, I didn't put it on the all Madden, like super highest setting because I'm not playing to be super high challenged. I'm playing to live out a power fantasy of being quarterback in the NFL or you could be a running back or a receiver or a cornerback or a linebacker. Like, you have different options. But, like, it got to a point where I was playing this last week, and I was going for, like, five hours just because I had gotten into the zone of, like, these are the plays that work. Oh, that's what the defense is doing. I audible into this. And it just was, like, a repetitive game loop that I was just grinding out, grinding out, grinding out. And that superstar mode, that face of the franchise mode, gives you... Um, a lot of uh, like options of how 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 much you want to play. Like you can do just like the very big key moments when you're in the red zone when it's a two minute drill. If you get a turnover, like that kind of stuff, you can choose to play the entire game. You can choose to play just the offense or just the defense. So because I had such a hard time with the defense and I wanted a shorter experience, I was like, I just want to play the offense. 
And I could play a game in like 25 minutes as long as I was just, you know, letting the clock grind down and I was just kind of rolling things. Um, and yeah, I, the first season I won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, again, wasn't that much of a challenge. I lost some games because they do have some built-in losses just into the story itself. Um, but I started a second season and I'm 16-0. and 0. Like, and I've only played the game like two days since I, I, you know, beat the, you know, got through the first, first season. Um, so and there's not a lot of difference. you to lose? Yeah. Like, what, like if you're controlling the whole game, how do they force you to lose? So there are some narrative moments where like, there was one narrative moment where they, cause they're trying to like simulate like, okay, you're, you're a rookie in the NFL and you're not going to just come in and like blow everybody out you know, 70 to nothing, uh, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have some problems. Uh, so like one of the moments was like, you're playing against the Titans, I think. And it's uh, late in the third quarter and you're down by like 17 points. And I will admit like me as a player, when that kind of stuff happens, it does like, I, I get kind of like the yips. Like I, I do kind of force things sometimes and I like threw an interception on the first drive after we started and I was like pissed off at myself because I'm like forcing things um so they try to like artificially create some of those moments uh one of the losses we had I just forgot to click on it like play game and instead advance the week and then we lost so like that but there were definitely like some moments where they're like no you don't get to go 17 and 0 in your very first season in the league like you have to deal with adversity you have to deal with problems um i know there's like a game against miami where they simulate the fact that there was a hurricane so there's like a delay and their your players are like fatigued and there's some like statistical adjustments that they do to it um to just like simulate the like yeah you guys were in the locker room for an extra hour and a half because this hurricane was going overhead um so like some of it's kind of cool but at the end of the day like it's a madden game and once you figure out the gameplay loop that works for you which ultimately in this game it's just do play action crossing passes like just do ends with your receivers and nine times out of ten you'll get them open um which is unfortunate because that also worked Back when I was playing Madden in NCAA football, back in like 2007, like when I was doing the NCAA challenge, we had to take a one-star school to a six-star school. That was how I did it. I just did play action, cross routes. There was no way they were going to be able to guard everybody. So I guess the AI hasn't evolved that much in nearly two decades now. Yeah, it it, it definitely has not. And like I said, if, if you play like three hours in a row, uh, you start to see like very particular patterns in the computer plays that they pick on defense. And like there's there's um, if I was in a certain formation, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'd have three receivers out to the left hand side. And if the defense brought that the safety on the far side of the field from the three receivers down, all I had to do was audible to the like base play action play in the audible menu. And the furthest inside receiver breaks open for a 30 yard pass every single time. And I used to yell at my, uh, my roommate in college because we had played 2k against each other. And he played, had played so much of that version of 2k that he knew Kevin Durant's animations and knew how to get into the animation to get a foul on every single layup. And would just like repeat these over and over and over and over again. And it would piss me off and be like, dude, why? Like, stop doing that. That's annoying. But then against a computer, I'm like, ha ha ha, touchdown, go burr. 
Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is always a quintessential, like, problem slash benefit to sports games, depending on your perspective, right? Which is they reward you for noticing these patterns. You know, if you're thinking about an NFL quarterback who goes onto the field every Sunday, if you're able to recognize patterns in the defense and exploit those patterns regularly, that's called doing your job. That's the that's the goal is to right. be able to make those assessments and exploit them. And, you know, obviously for a video game, you could always turn up the difficulty a little bit to change up what those things are. But there's only a certain number of patterns that are available. And, you know, the game has to reward you for that. Right. It would be kind of uh, unfair, if you will, if the game completely switched what you could expect based on the information that you had gained because it would be not rewarding you as a player for putting in the time and the effort to get those advantages. But at the same time, there's only so many combinations of things. And if you can't keep it dynamic, if you can't keep the player guessing, well, yeah, you're going to get bored. Um, And, you know, Super Mega Baseball, which was the first game I ever talked about on this podcast, uh, avoided that by being a baseball game in which every at-bat is the same kind of thing, but you're always expected to fail rather than succeed. Um, and there isn't nearly the same uh, kind of ability to adjust what you're doing to what your opponent is doing, right? I can be aware that my uh, opponent is playing in, but I can't necessarily control exactly where the ball goes if i could i would hit a home run every time you know right um i could do my best but got a, so many variables to account for yeah. um what is the game i guess from, from what i'm getting here it sounds like perhaps a version of the game that continued on with these kinds of different challenges and mixed up the ai a little more could get what you were looking for? Is there something else that's missing from the experience that you think held it back? I, I don't think anything is missing from the experience for me because at the end of the day, like I got it for free. I, I, I got it for free. I never was going to go out and spend $60 on this game. Like I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. Even the 2k games, like I only have 2k 22 because I think again, I got it for, it was like an Epic games, you know, free game or i got it through twitch prime or i got it in a humble bundle or something like i'm at the point where i'm pretty much i'm pretty okay playing you know nba 2k 20 because luka Doncic is in it and like that's all i really cared about is like having the certain players that i want to play as in it and i can get a lot of time out of a game as long as it has the players i like or i have the ability to like import a player that i like it's one thing that the um the like the wwe 2k games actually did pretty well um prior to them absolutely falling apart because 2k didn't know how to make the games anymore um but that like i could go in and even though cm punk wasn't part of the roster like some dude at home on his computer designed him and imported his tattoos and created his moveset and all that jazz and then like i could import him into my game um at the end of the day like i picked up madden and i wanted to play it because i wanted to play a football game and I was okay, like, oh, free? Hey, I'll play a football game for free. And, oh, hey, I remember the superstar mode. And, again, like I said earlier, 
the only point of playing that superstar mode isn't because like okay i want a really really you know realistic experience about what it's like to be a rookie quarterback in the nfl i want to do all the press conferences i want to do all the workouts blah 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 it's like no what you really want to do is you want to create someone with your name which by the way my last name fed C-Z-U-K is not allowed by the game because it's apparently a bad word. I had to misspell my last name to put my name on the back of my jersey. What? what? I mean, look, I hate the feds too, but I can't possibly imagine that's what got it banned. Why? Uh, it's the, it, was it? The C, it was the C and the Z together. I, I did a little bit of experimenting and it was pairing the C and the Z together was what what set off what their they, profanity filter what what about c and z going together makes it profane i don't know I mean, but look I again Tsar nicholas the second was a bad guy but i don't think that's what they're aiming for here <laughs> i i mean and it makes no sense because literally i have fifa 22 on my computer and i can spell my last name in that game just fine so but like at the end of the day it's and the fifa that it's the exact same way i could basically say the same thing about both of these games is the reason I'm playing it, I'm not playing it to be competitive. I'm not playing it to like play with my friends and, you know, be like, hey, Chase, play as the Falcons, I'll play as the Bills, and we'll see who the better team is. It's like, yeah, of course, I know it's the Bills. Just had to get that yeah, little dig. Sure um, sure but is. it's because <laughs> I want to play that power fantasy of being a quarterback in the NFL and seeing my me lift up a trophy or because I want to score goals in the Premier League or I want to dunk on uh on you know Shaquille O'Neal or I want to hit a home run off of you know uh uh the uh, Barry Bond or off of um Babe Ruth not Barry Bonds but like that's why you play sports games and you do those like individual things or you want to like run the bills better than Brandon Bean can or whatever and I got that experience and you know what I'll probably play a few more games of it I'll win one more Super Bowl and then I'll probably uninstall it and be like cool that was fun uh, now I'll go back to League of Legends and, you know, invest more hours into that because I got everything that I wanted out of Madden. Oh, hey, if you got everything you wanted out of it, then that's all you can really ask for from the game. Um, it sounds like you would recommend it as a free game, which is how you and I both got it. Um, would you recommend it to sports game fans in general? Or is there a price point at which you think it becomes reasonable for what it offers. See, I'm, I'm bad to ask about Madden just because I haven't played Madden in so long that I don't know how varied the differences are. I could tell you like the NBA 2K series, I have NBA 2K 17, 20, 21, and 22, and I played all four of those games. I could have just kept playing NBA 2K uh, 17. Like, I literally could have just kept playing that. Sure, the graphics are a little worse, and I don't have certain players, but at the end of the day, it's the same game. Um, I would assume this it's the same thing with Madden, and as long as you have the ability to create or import teams that other people create, you'll always be able to have, like, a, a close facsimile to what the modern roster is. Um, yeah, it was free. Uh, right now, it's on Steam. It's on sale. It's... Uh, it's $18. Like, if you haven't played Madden in a long time and you want to play Madden, it's 18 bucks. Like, you you can get that out of it if you really want to play a football game. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not just going to blanket recommend it because I think 
EA's gaming practice of, hey, we're just going to keep putting out the same game every single year with just adding the few players that entered the league and removing some of them and touching up like tiny little things. Like I don't agree with that marketing practice. Like now I don't need to buy a Madden game for probably four or five years, which is pretty against everything that EA wants because they want me to buy the game every single year. And it's just not going to happen because they're not going to make so much of a difference to it in a year span that I'm going to feel like I absolutely have to own Madden NFL 2003 or 23. Yeah, that seems very fair to me. I I think that there will always be a soft spot in my heart for Madden because it was such a big part of my childhood. I haven't played it in a long time because I, like you, not a big fan of the bullshit that EA's been up to overall. And it does feel like every year the game gets slightly worse because people will keep paying for it. And they know that, which is why they keep doing things the way that they do, especially with the Ultimate Team stuff, which is a whole other can of worms. Yeah. But... Yeah, and then um, and and that's the thing. Like, they're gonna get you to spend sixty dollars on the game, and then they're gonna somehow con you into constantly purchasing Ultimate Team packs. So, like, they don't need to make it better because a game that normally would have been like, oh, we're gonna sell eight million copies of this and make sixty dollars per every single one of them. Now they're like, well, we're gonna sell six million copies of this at sixty dollars, but then you know, two million of those copies are gonna spend a thousand dollars a piece on Ultimate Team, like. It's it's predatory, it's gambling. I am totally okay with watching YouTubers that have way too much money open those packs and pull cards like I do with MLB The Show. Um, don't touch it. It's bad. Don't encourage EA to keep doing it. it it's bad. Ah, Chase, I am I am angry about AAA developers now because of because of Ultimate Team and uh and, and loot boxes. I, I can't wait to hear about the indie game that you played this week. Well, I can tell you there are no loot boxes involved, so we've got that going for us. That's a plus. Uh, and it's the first game in its series to not force you to buy two different versions to collect them all. Oh, uh, no. I'm talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, um, which I have to say... Uh, Pokemon has been a game that I've been getting more and more into after a long time away. Like when I was younger, like Pokemon was everything to me. I had all three of the first generation games. I played the shit out of gold and crystal and ruby. And then I never got a DS. Just didn't uh, have the the money to buy those for myself. Uh, And my parents thought I had enough gaming consoles, which to be fair, I totally did. So... I never played a lot of the Pokemon games after that. Uh, Certainly never played Diamond or Pearl, which this game, if it doesn't assume that you have, certainly benefits substantially from you having played it because there are a lot of callbacks and even a couple side quests that you absolutely would not know how to solve if you have not played the original uh, Diamond and Pearl games or the Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl remake that came out pretty recently. Um, but it's on the switch now. And because it's on the switch, it means I can play it and I can show it to my roommate who grew up never playing Pokemon to whom all of these new Pokemon are a, you know, they're, they're brand new. He gets to to take in the designs for the first time and I get his reactions and it's a lot of fun. Pokemon is a game that is designed to spark joy when it is at its best. 
you know, collecting all your creatures, getting your favorites, building a team with them that feels super strong, leveling them up so you get the moves that you want. Like, sure, you could play it competitively, and there are people who do, and um, I think there's a lot of depth that you can get into if you want that kind of thing. But the core of the series to me has always been build your team with your favorites, get them strong enough so that they can beat everyone in your way. And if you have the energy to do it, why not try to catch them all? Which I've never done before I did it in Pokemon Shield because I didn't want to buy two versions of the same game, and trading was a nightmare. And nowadays, we live in a world in which, one, online connections are super easy, and two, we have Pokemon Legends Arceus, a game that does not care about having two different versions the way the old ones did, that does not care about locking away content arbitrarily in order to try to get you to talk to your friend about the things. Uh, the only social features that are really there are if you die your stuff falls and one of your friends can go pick it up and give it back to you. Otherwise, you can do everything entirely on your own, even trade evolutions. You can just buy an item. You can buy a trading cord link, which is a really nice throwback to the old Game Boy games, um, and evolve them that way. And it turns out, Walter, that when you cut out the bullshit like that, the, the kind of vestigial limbs that have been kept... Uh, for far too long based on Pokemon's core design influences. Uh, scrap the gyms. Scrap the idea that you have to go from town to town and, and beating the, the Elite Four. And just say, hey, you want to spend some time with Pokemon? You want to get invested in a world of them, see them out in the wild, maybe interact with them. You can feed them. You can throw mud at them to distract them while you... Uh, you know, try to catch them that way. Um, battle if you want or don't. Go ahead and craft some things in the world or don't. Uh, collect resources as they come around to you and do a whole bunch of side quests or stick to the main story and, you know, watch a game that is built around actual character moments. Uh, a, a plot that maybe isn't the uh, most complex because it's still it's still Pokemon, you know? Kids have to be able to play it and pick it up and enjoy it. But certainly a plot that more deeply rewards you for investing in it, for paying attention, and for knowing things about the Pokédex entries um, from other games, which is something I'd never seen before. The game just straight up going out of its way to regularly reward you for having this secondary level of information and, and caring enough about the Pokemon that these side quests or main quests talk about to want to find those things and to invest the time to learn it and use that knowledge. And it turns out, Walter, all of those are positive things. All of those make for a better and more interesting experience and I had an absolute blast with this one. I really did. I mean, all of those positives you talk about are why I play Pokemon Go. <laughs> like, mm. uh, it's funny because I feel like I have a very weird relationship with Pokemon because I 
I, much like you, I, I grew up with it. Like it was everything. It was my, the Catholic school that I went to for the first couple of years of schooling had to ban Pokemon cards from the school, not because they were the devil or anything like that, you know, pop culture or whatever, but because kids were trading their cards, were going home, getting upset that they traded away a card and then wanted the card back the next day. So the school was like, screw it. We're, we're done with all this. Um, we had Pokemon Red. I remember I went to, there, there was like a local electronics um, thrift store that with my paper route money, I went and I bought a Pokemon Blue cartridge. And it turned out that the, um, the, the cartridge was, was broken and it would not save. It didn't matter if we replaced the battery in it or anything. It just refused to save. So for a while with the Game Boy Color and the old school Game Boy that we had and one of those trading cables, um, that's how we got all of the Pokemon that we could get. That's how we got all the additional, uh, the, the different starters. We'd have to play through Pokemon Blue and keep the cart, keep the console on until you got to the ability to trade and then we'd trade a bunch of stuff. Um, I remember my brother, and I, I think we still have that red cartridge. He has a level 100 Dugon on that cartridge that is like his pride and joy. And even though we restarted red multiple times, everything, we, you know, every time we restart, we moved that Dugon off of the red cartridge and we put it onto my silver cartridge or we, you know, run through blue, put it onto that cartridge real quick, keep that console on while you ran through red real quick so you could get the trade and then just put it back into that computer. Um, but silver, Pokemon silver was really my game. That was the the game I absolutely love. My favorite starter of all time is Cyndaquil. I love Cyndaquil. Um, it is one of my three favorite Pokemon ever. Um, but then well, I feel, guess who was a starter in this game? I, I know, and that that felt like it was going to pull me in. But I feel like at some point, I I I don't want to say aged out, but I aged out of Pokemon. I have tried a number of times to get back in and, and try and play Pokemon. Uh, I got, you know, I got one of the 3DSs and when my parents went out and bought it, the only one they had left was one of the Pokemon X, like special edition ones. And my mom was like, well, should we get this one? Is this like too childish for him? And my dad goes to her, like, we're buying our son, our 19 year old son, a gaming console and a Pokemon game. Like it literally doesn't matter. Like as like a depressed <laughs> you know upset dad or whatever i tried with pokemon x and y i tried with let's go eevee i tried with you know the new pokemon snap game and the only game that's really held my interest has been pokemon go so what about this game would draw me in that is that enhances everything that i would have loved as a child so Here's my best pitch for you, Walter. And other than Cyndaquil. Thing, other than Cyndaquil. This is the thing that won me over personally uh, and holds a very dear place in my heart. Have you ever wanted to ride a bear? Have you ever thought to yourself, that Ursa ring is large and could easily carry me? And how cool would it be to ride around in the wild on top of that bear? You're, get, you're getting there. I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. What about flying on the back of a braviary, soaring through the sky above the world beneath you? Uh, each region of which has its own dynamic locations, side quests that you can explore, 
uh, different Pokemon, including uh, time distortions in which Pokemon uh, appear uh, randomly around you, uh, waiting to be caught uh, with a higher chance of shinies and whatever other special things you would like. What about boss battles, Walter? Can I interest you in alpha Pokemon, the ability to capture larger, more powerful versions of your favorite Pokemon that uh, learn special moves and can be used uh, uh, to, uh, to add that extra bit of oomph to your team? Or can I interest you in a change to the combat system in which instead of just doing your moves and hitting A as you do the super effective type, you have to balance a uh, kind of meter of uh, attack orders uh, using agile moves and strong style moves in order to trade off damage for speed. And, and I cannot stress this enough, how do you feel about riding a giant bear? <laughs> I, I'm going to circle back to that one because Ursa Luna, the evolved form of uh, Ursa Ring that is presented in this game, makes me so happy i i it, i was uh giddy when i found this thing because i just it was it was everything that kid me had wanted from this game it was a feeling that these pokemon weren't just monsters in my ball that popped up for a battle they were pokemon Pokemon you could ride, Pokemon you could throw out and see pop up in front of you and you could pet them or talk to them or you could throw out multiple of your Pokemon and if you throw them next to each other, they'll talk to each other and you can see your favorite Pokemon having a conversation and reacting in, in cute ways and, and it's just, there's a charm to this game that is, just permeates everything. There's a love for Pokemon, not the format of Pokemon, but the actual like beings that we call Pokemon, um, which is why the goal is not to defeat all of the gyms. It's to flesh out the Pokedex, which is about more than just collecting them all now. Now you have to do different tasks, different things catered to each individual Pokemon that are supposed to help them, uh, you know, learn more about them because you're in this game building the very first Pokedex, essentially. So, you know, you might have to, I don't know, catch 10 Bidoof rather than just uh, one. Or you may have to watch it do a certain type of move or eat a certain type of berry. Or maybe you have a side quest in which you get to watch them in the wild and do, you know, you can go around town and see that there are some Bidoofs that are causing some trouble until they get picked up by the construction team. And then when you go through town and you go to where construction stuff is happening, you can see the Bidoofs like hanging out on a roof and they're being all goofy and fun. Like, that's what this game is. This game says, forget the bullshit that we've thrown at you over the years. All the things that are anti-consumer or get in the way of the gameplay loop. Forget about the format. This thing that... We've now all done a thousand times. Do you like Pokemon? Do you want to ride a Pokemon? Do you want to watch them in the wild? Do you want to take photos with them? Do you want to, um, to watch them engage in a more dynamic world? And even in, in ways that like you wouldn't expect. There are real boss battles in this game. And I might be uh, 
betraying myself as a a bad gamer perhaps by admitting this but there are a couple of those boss battles that are genuinely difficult that electrode is a real piece of shit he throws lightning balls at you that follow you around and are auto locked to you so you have to constantly be dodging alongside all the other attacks that he's throwing at you these are like full-on boss battles uh and the game asks uh not an insignificant amount of you to the extent that there are a lot of kids or non-gamers that have actually struggled with that bit because it's like I didn't come here to dodge enemy attacks and make sure that my character doesn't die because a Pokemon lightning bolts it to death. But you're in a game in which you could get lightning bolted if you're not careful and you have to flee from certain things. When was the last time, Walter, that you ran into a Pokemon and felt genuinely afraid for having run into it? Ever? That ever happen? Um... Maybe when I would run into the legendary dogs in silver and Mm -hmm. wasn't prepared (laughs) to try and catch one of them. So imagine that, except the dog is right in front of you and you can see it in the world as it's walking up to you. And you're like, oh, Entei, I should probably... uh, get ready for for that and instead he just literally fire breaths your ass straight up will breathe fire on you until you run away um it's it's that kind of energy um there you know especially in the early levels when you're just starting out and these alpha pokemon are all so much stronger than you there's this idea that pokemon can be scary um that pokemon can be intimidating and that's part of the whole lore in the town too you know people aren't used to living alongside Pokemon. And it freaks people out because these are monsters that can shoot lightning out of themselves or fire or they're ghosts, literal ghosts, you know? Uh, And you get characters who are like, yeah, ghosts are terrifying. I don't like the fact that ghost Pokemon exist. Can you go learn everything about Ghastly so it's less terrifying to me? Please and thank you. Um, And that, that capturing the totality of the experience, the totality of these different kinds of emotional connections that you can have in Pokemon and and putting it into an actual overworld in which it can feel realized, in which behaviors can be different based on what Pokemon you're encountering and you can be rewarded for taking a slow and steady approach and, you know, using certain tricks to mask yourself while you put yourself in a perfect position with a ball that you crafted yourself. It's a deeply satisfying gameplay loop. One of the more satisfying gameplay loops I've seen in a while. Um, And it is so easy to lose yourself in hours of just catching Pokemon. Like, forget the the main story. Main story is good, by the way. There actually is a story, and the characters develop over time. It's not, you know, the craziest story in the world, but it is a story with real characters, people that you care about a rise and fall and, and having to rescue these Pokemon who are frenzied. And it's, it doesn't matter because I just want to go around and throw my snow, uh, smoke balls and try to catch, you know, the, the right type of my favorite Pokemon because there are multiple types now and you can get a big one or a small one. And, you know, you can get, there's just so much that you can get absorbed into. And the game rewards you however you want to play it, which is huge. And it, to me, recognizes a, a, a real shift 
and the Pokemon company's mentality. Because this is a game that doesn't care about being a Pokemon game. It cares about Pokemon. And that may sound counterintuitive, because what is a Pokemon game without Pokemon? But it's willing to be different. It's willing to ask different things of you in order to make a, an experience that feels so much more satisfying than any of the mainline games have felt in a long time. I think you are hitting on something that's, that's very poignant. That my, my favorite memories of Pokemon are not, hey, I remember that time I started with a Charmander and I beat Brock and Misty and didn't need to go get, you know, a Diglett or something. Like, it is very poignant that I feel like if you talk to anyone about Pokemon, it's always been about memories with the Pokemon. Or maybe you'd get a like, yeah, man, I it's been I, it took hours for me to finally beat Lance, but I finally beat him, and I had to do this strategy. And so much of the modern games have felt cheapened to me by like having wonder trading or having the ability to just look through everyone online and find someone willing to trade you a uh, Lucario or whatever, and that it definitely cheapened some of the like hunting and searching and and challenge of collecting all the pokemon that there are i mean my favorite moments of silver were like catching a dratini it was catching a larvatar it was then like growing them up and deciding like at the end of the day like man i know tyranitar is awesome but like larvatar is so cute i don't want to evolve it or like walking around with your first egg in silver and it hatching into togepi or, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I I definitely didn't feel any connection to the more modern games every time I tried to play them. One, because they look different. Like, X, like, I didn't like the change to, like, that sort of 3D style. It felt weird. It didn't look great on the DS. And, and you know, you always hear the stories of, like, well, they turned a sword into a Pokemon. They turned a ring of keys into a Pokemon. They turned an ice cream cone into a Pokemon. And it gets to a point where it's, like, ridiculous. I don't want any of that. I, I liked the Pokemon when 95% of them were, like, animals. And, like, you were, you, you, for a moment, could trick yourself into thinking that, like, Maybe one day you walk into the woods and an Eevee is out there. You know, that that you could trick yourself into sort of that experience. And then when it gets into all this, like, inanimate object type crap, you're just like, ah, whatever. Like, that. That's not, that's not real. I can't immerse myself in this. And I will say, one of the things that worried me when you first started talking about it is, like, no gym battles. Like, to me, that was something core, was being like, yes, I did. I started with a Charmander. I know this is going to suck. I have to get the Charmander over the level cap because that's the only way I'm going to survive fighting Brock and it's going to, you know, growl five times in a row because it doesn't want to understand. But God damn it, I love Charmander and I'm going to beat these first two gyms with a Charmander. And the fact that they do, that, that these boss battles actually do sound difficult, um, that there is some challenge to it, that it does require some strategy, lessens that sort of worry that I have. And... I think you've really summed it up pretty well and you've said it pretty, you know, solidly that like this is a game for Pokemon lovers 
not lovers of Pokemon games. Because here's the thing, you can you can do a trade, right? Like trades exist in this game, but you know what trades don't do? Fill out your Pokédex. Like, great, you have one. That's one bullet point off your list. And even if you get a Pokémon that's like higher level than what you're already going to get, you're not going to be able to unlock the next stage until you flesh out your Pokédex anyway. So you don't you don't lose anything. In fact, you're encouraged to like not worry about it in a way that you don't get to do in the mainline games for all the reasons that you pointed out. Right. It does feel very like new Pokemon Snappish to me with the objectives to build the Pokedex and everything. Um, the, the two questions I have for you are, um, you know, does the, does the roster of Pokemon do the new additions? Does everything feel like, does it feel like the first couple of games where, Every time you run into a new Pokemon, you're like, oh my god, that's so cool, that's cute. You know, like, you come up with an adjective that's not just, like, really, it's a key. And then ultimately, <laughs> who who was your favorite Pokemon? So, I can tell you my favorite Pokemon, because I've already hinted at it a couple times. It's Ursaluna. I got to ride a giant bear, Walter. And I, I know, <laughs> like, I'm going to keep saying it because it keeps being the coolest thing that this game let me do. It's just that he's a giant dopey bear and you go around and he's got a nose for treasure. And when you uh, find treasure, like uh, he's on the scent, he'll start moving faster towards it. And when you find it, he does like a little happy dance on one of his back feet like he's a circus bear. And it's the greatest thing in the world. It's it's the just pure joy injected into my veins. Um, <laughs> Ursaloon is my favorite. I, I just I I love my giant like dumb treasure bear. Yeah. Ch- Chase just discorded me an image of this Pokemon and it looks like a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little bit derpy, I swear. He looks better in motion than he does as an image, but he very much has that, like, oh, uh, he's doing his best. He's just a dorky giant bear who wants to go collect treasure. And I'm like, yeah, let's collect treasure together, bear. Uh, and, and we collect poems and shit. It's wonderful. Um, to, to your first question, though, of like, do all the uh, new Pokemon and new designs uh, work? Yes, I believe that they do. And I think it's for a couple of reasons, right? The, the first is that they picked their targets well. They didn't actually add a ton of new Pokemon, but the ones that they did were for Pokemon that like previously didn't have an, another level of evolution, right? Like Basculin. Basculin is a, a normal Pokemon. It never evolved before. Basque Legion, the new fish that you can ride and you can catch Pokemon on the back of a giant fish when you're in the water. That's the one rep mount that lets you actually like catch Pokeballs while you're riding it. So you can take a giant jump in the air free willy style and throw a Pokeball at a, uh, at a fish in the island right underneath you. Very fun. Um, you know, like that guy getting an evolution is great. Now Basculin has a reason for being a, a Pokemon. Uh, we're deer is the wise deer version of Stantler, and it's great. Like, now I have a reason to actually be invested in, in Stantler. Um, and he's got the giant beard, and he's very um, he's very fun that way. Uh, Sneasler, Sneasler's a little funny. I Honestly, it, it's just like, what if we made a Sneasel, but longer? That's the, the, whole, the whole thing. But when she can <laughs> climb mountains and she puts you in her backpack and you can see your eyes sticking out from the little backpack as you're climbing up in somebody's pack and it's really good. Um, the other thing is that they picked really good Pokemon to give 
uh, alternate versions to, you know, Pokemon that are already popular, but could benefit from an update to their design. Um, the Hisuian uh, Growlithe and Arcanine stand out to me. Uh, the Arcanine is adorable. It's got a little bit of like almost sheepdog energy in that the fur is covering their eyes. And so they're, they, um, they look a little derpy. And then you get the Arcanine, who is a badass. And you fight him in a boss battle um, before you're probably going to get to use him on your team. But it's got like the majestic gray beard and the, the red and gray stripes. It looks great. It's, it's so much fun. And like you immediately can tell, oh, this is an Arcanine with a rock typing. That's why it's got the, the color match and it's got the kind of stony feature there to the, the, um, the texture. And so many of the, the different boss battles and even the evolved versions of all of your starters. You know, there's a Hisuian Typhlosion who... Um, Honestly, looks like he's had a real good time before you ran into him. Like you just walked in after he smoked out your older brother, that kind of energy, <laughs> you know, like very like, I'll send you this picture as well, because I think that uh, you have to see his face. Um, <laughs> he's, he's just a derpy guy. He's great. It's, oh my it's, God, I love it. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And he, and he still flares up with like the right moment, but now he's just like, hey, it's great. I, I, I love I, it. It has such slow poke energy. It's so good. Um, you know, is, does it bat a thousand? No, no Pokemon game does though. And honestly, it's not their fault that they insisted that Voltorb and Electrode needed to be a thing and then just didn't want to change a ton about it. It's the one misstep I would say as far as like design goes, just because this is supposed to happen before Pokeballs exist. Like you're crafting some of the first Pokeballs to ever exist. So like, why do they look like Pokeballs? There's no reason for them to look like Pokeballs. We didn't model the Pokeball after them because that doesn't come up. It's a weird choice. Um, but even then, like, I don't know, I'll show you uh, a Syrian Electrode now. Like, he looks fine. He's just not, like, that interesting, you know? Yeah. It's just um, they, they gave it a, a wood finish on the uh, on the white part, basically. Yeah, exactly. And you still have the same derpy mouth that's on there. Um, but I, you know, for the vast majority of them, vast majority of cases... They're interesting and they're fun and they're they are presented as powerful because most of them you're running into because they're one of the new boss battles or because they're one of the legendary Pokemon that are going to like help you traverse this place and you're using them to explore the world. And so they're always by your side, you know, uh, it gives them a gravitas, it gives them a purpose that makes them really stick with you in a different way. So my answer to both of those questions are, yes, I think that the designs in this game are particularly good. I would say the strongest of like a new batch of Pokemon that I've seen in a while. And I got to ride a giant bear. If there's one thing you need to understand about this game, folks at home, you get to ride a bear and he's real good. And he just wants to help you find old poems and treasure and... I love him. I love him so much. 
listen, I don't want to kill your energy, but I was able to ride a bear in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so. I mean, you should have led with that on the podcast. <laughs> I feel like that should have been point one on page one. <laughs> well, I, I it sounds like you you would uh, you would suggest this game to literally anyone. I if you have a passing affection for Pokemon, if you have any amount of interest in the series whatsoever, if you've ever cared about the series and think that you could again. This is the one. This is the one that most cares about the fact that you care and most wants to reward you for the fact that you care. Now, I will warn you, the graphics are bad. Not just, like, bad for the Switch. Like, bad. It is... The the amount of pop-in in the world is very weird given the level of... um uh like like the worlds aren't even connected it's not like breath of the wild where you could go from one region to the next and because everything has to be loaded it's kind of by design like even on some of the like reasonably sized maps you will have significant pop-in things the pokemon look great right like that's where the budget went as far as the graphics go they're animated beautifully and they're great to look at but everything else in the world is well behind the times and even the Pokemon, you can imagine like the kind of AAA studio budget that um, you would expect a Pokemon game to be able to get. And uh, no, <laughs> it did not happen for here. Is it, um, is it better or worse docked versus undocked? Uh, I would say maybe slightly better undocked, but like I'm going to send you a picture and this is like, you know, ideal conditions, right? Um, and and you can look up uh, just Pokemon Arceus Overworld, and you can see, like, it does not take very long for those trees to go really low res. Um, it does not take a lot for um, these mud spots to just be, like, brown sponges, you know? Um, and I don't think it has to be this way. I've played enough Switch games at this point. I understand it is not the optimally... Uh, designed system and that it's not going to be able to boast the same kind of graphics that the PS5 or the whatever the hell Xbox is on nowadays uh, can do. But I've seen better Switch games than this. I think Breath of the Wild, which came out years ago and was ported from the Wii U, has a better looking overworld. It gets away with it because the gameplay loop is that good, because it's so faithful to what it means to enjoy Pokemon that I didn't even want to bring it up. Like, I'm bringing it up at the end because if I were to give an unabashed, no asterisk recommendation, someone would show a screenshot like the one I sent you, and you'd be like, that feels like a oversight on Chase's end. I, I, I get it. I, I understand. And if graphics are your thing, it's I, I get it. But if you care about Pokemon at all, Chances are you have never thought of this series as being on the cutting edge of what graphics are capable of. Chances are good that that's not why you buy a Pokemon game. And all the reasons you do buy Pokemon games have never been better than they've been here. Gotcha. You might have sold me here. You might have sold me on giving it a shot, at least. I, I honestly, like, if you can... Uh, do yourself a favor, anyone at home, if you're on the fence 
Uh, RT Game is one of my favorite YouTubers. He did a, a playthrough of uh, Pokemon Arceus. You can kind of see what that looks like for yourself. If that gameplay loop looks fun, um, you're going to enjoy it. Um, he certainly did. It became the, I think that by the end of the YouTube titles, we're like, Pokemon Arceus has taken over my life. Because it can. The gameplay loop is that addictive. It is amazing how quickly time flies as you're just catching away. Uh, hopefully, time has flown during this podcast that y'all have just finished listening to. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening. If you uh, enjoyed that, please do consider subscribing to both the Steam Cleaners feed or the overall feed. Uh, for the Rough Drafts podcast, where you can also get shows like Final Cut, which is where we talk about movies, and K-pop shenanigans, which should hopefully have a new episode on the first two months of the year coming out soon, if my life can get slightly more organized. Um, Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Well, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. I, too, do love RT Game. Uh, I actually had not watched any of his Arceus playthrough because I didn't want to potentially ruin any of the story stuff. And, yeah, thanks thanks for sticking around. Thanks for uh, for keeping up with Steam Cleaners and, and, obviously, Final Cut. I know when Chase and I uh, first said, hey, we're going to do Steam Cleaners, we're going to keep it under a half an hour, and it took us <laughs> six episodes to eclipse the hour mark. So I just want to say I am very proud of us uh, for uh, for breaking new records on a podcast that has only existed for six episodes. It was inevitable. Uh, hopefully, uh, y'all had as much fun as we did recording it. You can find me at Chase Wassenaar on Twitter, by the way. You can find the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod. And you can find us in two weeks with a completely different set of games and a guest appearance. Ooh. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>